Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to the series Walking by the Spirit by Teaching Pastor Daryl Feimster. We're glad you're here. Uh, this is the third in a four-part teaching about walking by the Spirit. Uh, foundationally, going back to the beginning, God created man in his own image. And we could go to the verse Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and those kind of things. We talked about that earlier, and it's online. But I believe part of that is that we are made up just like God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God made man in, he said, let us make man in our image. So I believe that God made us a three-part being. And we know it in Thessalonians, it talks about spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. And so, without going into a lot of detail, we were created to live from our spirit, through our soul, express and manifest through our body. God walked with Adam and Eve. He gave them authority. He gave them words. They could do that. And when mankind sinned, and we call it disobeyed, basically they believed the devil instead of believing God. And when they believe the wrong God, if you want to say it that way, though the devil's not a God, then man lost the life of God in his spirit. Man still remained a spiritual being, but he had been listening to the wrong spirit. And now, what you find in Scripture is man began to live outside in. They saw they were naked. They were ashamed. All of a sudden you realize, naked, then ashamed, they were moving back into their soul. They began to blame each other. This woman you (laughs) gave me. Alright? They were spiritually, now they were still a spirit being, but they were listening to the wrong spirit. And ever since the Garden of Eden, man has been born living outside in. You ask a two-year-old whose it is, and they'll say, mine. All right? We don't have to teach it. We don't have to train them. We, there's this bent. Why? Because that which was, we were created to have is missing. When you were born again, when you came to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you became a new creation. You were made alive. You were born from above, born of the Spirit. Right? Well, where you were born again was not in your flesh. And listen, sometimes it wasn't just in your thinking or your emotions. Where you were born again was you became spiritually alive to God. Now you are alive to God. God is worried about habitation. The very Spirit of God comes to take up residence in you, and you are made alive. Uh, the old King James says in Ephesians chapter 2, you were quickened with Christ. You were made alive. You became alive spiritually. But here's the problem. For all of your life, you had lived outside in. Now, God is inviting you to live the way you were created to live, inside out. And here's the good news. Everything God wanted you to have, He gave you when you were born again. You're going to spend the rest of your life discovering what you got when you got Him. Okay? 
So we're talking about that's foundation of what we're talking. We talked about the difference between the spirit and the soul, and we talked about your will, which is in your soul. Your will, you are the, that's the vehicle by which you choose whether you're going to live by your spirit or whether you're going to live by your flesh. So I'm going to, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, uh, I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version. It, and it, very simply, it says this in, in the New King James, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. But I want you to listen to it the Amplified. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let's go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Spirit. You can see it almost, it's, it's inside out. If I'm alive in Christ, let's walk by this Spirit out through that line and, and our lives being controlled by the Spirit. And that's the whole foundation of what we're talking about here. Tonight, uh, we talked about difference between soul and spirit. We talked about we have a choice. Every time you're faced with a situation, and I use the physical term because it just helps me. When I'm faced with a situation and here comes a circumstance, well, I have an opportunity by my choice to decide whether I'm going to react or respond to that situation or I'm going to back up into my spirit and see what God has to say about it. So when I back up, and I'm using back up, you don't back up in your spirit, but I'm using it to give you a visual. I back up into my spirit to see what God is because that's where... He's alive in me. Everything is settled there. That's where the peace of God resides. Whether I feel it or not, God's not worried about my circumstances. So I back up into my spirit and, and, and seek first what God has to say, and then I take it through my mind and my will and my emotions and manifest through my foot. It'll change how I walk if I do that first. So the whole thing is about primary. What am I going to do first when I'm faced with things? What am I going to do first when a thought comes? What am I going to do first when emotions rise? What am I going to do first when somebody is attacking my flesh? Or the temptations of my flesh? So here, we're learning to walk by the Spirit. Tonight, what I want to share with you, and I... I hope I got your attention by talking about tongues. The whole deal, we're going to talk about tongues tonight. And the reason we're going to talk about tongues, I'm really talking about how to walk by the Spirit in your gifts. But probably the best example of how to walk by the Spirit is when it comes to tongues. Now, I'm not going to, what we're going to do tonight is I'm not going to ask you to speak in tongues. And I'm not going to, I'm not even going to ask for your experience in that. What I'm going to try to do is, and I have a handout that I'm going to give you later that uh, literally a biblical notes about tongues. Because I know everybody's, that's usually the question, and that's the controversy. And do you know why that's the controversy, in my opinion? I believe it's the controversy because our soul doesn't know how to deal with it. And I'll talk more about that. But in reality, what I'm telling you is, Here's the reason I'm going to talk about tongues is because all the spiritual gifts have been given to us or not. Or we all have a spiritual gift. But what I found is we tend to live our spiritual gift by our soul instead of by our spirit. 
So how do I learn how to walk in my gifting by the Spirit and not by my own thinking, what others have said? How do I live by God and not by training? Most of us have a religious education. We've been brought up in it. And most of us don't know, and I'm including myself there. Was it Vance Hammer says, it's what you learn after you knew it all that counts? <laughs> so, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That's New King James. The Amplified says verse 7 this way. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. God is giving you manifestations of His Holy Spirit for good and profit. Alright? The message, that same verse, verse 7, says each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. What this is saying to me, and Paul is writing to the Corinthians, we know, here's, we always hear this, well, Corinthians was a problem church. I've never pastored anything but a problem church. <laughs> and I've pastored 45 years. Let's just be honest, we're all a problem. Okay? God's problem's not with His Spirit, His problem's with us. We gotta, we've gotta understand how to walk with Him instead of walking by what we think and how everybody else has said and all that. So all of this I'm trying to say is, is that each of us has a spiritual gift, all kinds of gifts. The reality is that spiritual gifts are spiritual. But I find myself trying to live my, walk out my spiritual gift by my thinking, by my reasoning, by my judgment, and a lot of times by my flesh. Okay? So what we're going to be, the reason I'm going to talk about tongues tonight is because tongues is the one thing you can't walk, well, you can, but it really is something that's obviously spiritual. You know, healing, gifts of healings, that can be spiritual, but it can also be with training. Right? Now, that doesn't mean it's not spiritual if you've got training. All I'm saying, though, is how do I know I'm walking by the Spirit in it, and how do I know when I'm just walking by the training or by the learning? Now, don't hear me saying that learning or training or any of that... That has its place. Again, what I'm talking about is what's first. If when I start thinking about God calling me to be a proclaimer of the gospel, I've immediately thought, well, I've got to go to school. I got instead of backing up into that spirit and saying, okay, what does that mean? 
What do you want? What do you want me to do? How do I? And my will, listening to His Spirit first, rather than me trying to figure it out and do the best I could. Now, I won't tell you, I started out trying to figure it out and do the best I could. Most of my life, I've spent trying to figure it out and do the best I could. So, what I'm telling you is fresh to me uh, in the last probably five years of learning. Okay, I've always talked and I've even preached it. But you see, you practice daily what you really believe. The rest is just religious talk. I've learned how to talk about it. But what I want to share with you is what I believe God is showing me about how you walk by the Spirit into the gifts that He has for you. So that's kind of the foundation for all of this. Uh, I want to talk about activating spiritual gifts, but addressing just one or two of the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Uh, on down in verse 9, he lists out the gifts and the ones that I'm going to talk about. The reason is because we often come to the gifts of the Spirit with our mind and emotions and our will, our flesh, rather than the Spirit. And the one spiritual gift and its complementary gift that can show us how to walk by the Spirit with spiritual gifts is tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Now, immediately, we all have a background or teachings. I was raised Baptist. I was raised and I was taught, and, and I'm, I'm going to just say this out loud. It wasn't that the Baptist taught me wrong. I'm not, I'm not debating anybody's theology, okay? What we're going to look at is just going to look at Scripture. Okay? Now, when I said what ago, Corinthian was a problem church, and a lot of people said, well, he was dealing with a problem. Yeah, but he, I believe that he dealt with the problem in order that we might know the truth and the authority that we have in God to walk in it. Not that he dealt with the problem, and the one, I don't think Paul was talking out of both sides of his mouth. I think Paul was giving instruction and direction. And I'm going to try to cover a lot of material in a little bit of time, okay? Uh, it probably won't be a little bit of time to you, but it will be to me. <laughs> the one spiritual gift that's perhaps the most controversial of all, and I'm not here to address the controversy, but to activate the reality of the spiritual in all the gifts, the spiritual in all the gifts. It's not to talk about experience, though everybody that's spoken in tongues or have interpreted tongues, you could give me your experience and you could tell me how it works for you. I, that's not, I want us to, to, it's not about the experience as much as it is about the instruction of what the scripture says and then living from the spirit of it out. Because I want to tell you, I can preach in the flesh and I can preach in the spirit. <laughs> you know, so I want to walk by the Spirit. So we're in First Corinthians chapter twelve. What is speaking in tongues? I'm going to give some bullet points just to hit the highlights. First of all, speaking in tongues is speech. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit, which is not understood by the speaker. Okay. 
Now we're talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14. So speaking in tongues, when I'm just giving you a definition of what I believe the scripture teaches. It is speaking, it's speech, inspired by the Spirit. It's a gift of the Spirit, which is not understood by the speaker. You say, well, where is that? Acts 2, 4. At Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Now here's where I'm going with this, because we think we can do the other gifts and not have to worry about the spirit. This is the one place where your mind has nothing to do with what the Spirit is doing. You don't understand. Okay? So, why I'm going to try to give you my premise here, is if I can learn how God intends us to do it, this one that my mind can't understand, I might know how to live in the ones that I think I already do understand. See, we think we know prophecy. But if I'm not walking in the Spirit to prophesy... I can be a false prophet. Following? So this is my reason for doing this is to show you that this gift was given to be obviously spiritual. Alright. I don't know why I feel like I have to make apologies for it, but anyway. <laughs> so it's speaking, it's speech, inspired by the Holy Spirit, not understood by the speaker. It's speech not formed by the speaker in the usual manner of learned speech. Okay? It's not something you... Start my Honda is not a way to learn how to speak in tongues. <laughs> okay? I, there's bound to be some other cuter ways to do it. But that's just what I'm trying to say. I believe it's a gift of the Spirit. It's not something you manufacture with your mind. Okay? I'm talking about what the Bible is talking about. I'm not talking about what you may have experienced, what others, and some of you may have had hands laid on you and was demanding you to speak in tongues and do that. All I'm trying to say is I'm not dealing with any of that. I'm dealing with the spiritual side of this. It's speech not formed by the speaker by the usual manner of learned speech. Your children learn to speak by listening to you. They learn to speak first because God gave them the ability, but it's by the hearing and responding that they learn to speak. All right? The third thing is, when I'm talking about this gift, I'm not talking about a static, emotional, uncontrolled speech. It may, here's a good one, it may be in the language of men or angels. 1 Corinthians 13.1 If I speak with tongues of men and of angels but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Took me a long time to get that one because I always thought, well, that word tongue can be language. Well, I don't know what what language some angels speak, but I got an idea that there's probably more than we know. And all I'm trying to say is this is what Scripture is saying. So I'm going to share. Speaking in tongues is biblical. Jesus is the first one to mention tongues in Mark chapter 16, verse 17. He called it a sign. 
He said, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Paul called tongues a sign in 1 Corinthians 14.22. He said, so then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. And if you read the book of Acts, it's obvious in Acts, or it seems clear to me, that speaking in tongues was closely linked with the baptism of the Holy Spirit when he came upon Gentiles and others who had not known the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, let me give you some verses if you want to write them down. Acts 2.4, Acts 10. 44 through 47, and Acts 19, 6. Three different places in Acts. And I've got these scriptures I'm going to give to you after the class is over. Uh, so you don't have, if you miss something, it'll be written out there. Uh, and I'm not going by the notes, but I'm going to give you the notes. Uh, what that, when Cornelius' house, a Gentile, the Holy Spirit came. Uh, they recognized it and they baptized them. Some, uh, I think it was in Acts 19, where they had not heard. Uh, they had been baptized by the, John's baptism. And so they, he told them the fullness of what Jesus had done. The Holy Spirit fell on them and then they were baptized. And so they're speaking in tongues and it says that, that they, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they spoke. So it was a sign. In Acts, it is clear. Does that mean, and you listen to me real close here, does that mean the person has to speak in tongues in order to be filled with the Spirit? No. Let me give you the verse. 1 Corinthians 12.30. This is a New American Standard. All do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? In other words, the answer is no. In other words, it's not a merit badge. It is not proof of something. It is a gift. It is a spiritual gift given by the will of the Spirit, not of the flesh. <clears throat> okay. 1 Corinthians twelve eleven says, But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as He wills. It's the Spirit who decides who gets what. Now, you can pursue and you can ask and that, but let me tell you, I've discovered something. Most of the time, which gifts do we want? We want them that's going to make me look good. Let me ask you, is that spirit or soul? (laughs) I want them that's just going to make me powerful. I want them to... Here's the thing. The spirit is the one who distributes and he does it according to what God knows. You would be the best display of what he's going to do. It's biblical. Okay? Everything that I'm trying to show you, this is in Scripture. So, the primary focus that I'm talking about is not tongues at all. The primary focus that I'm talking about is a deepening experience with Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, when I'm talking about living from your spirit out, I'm talking about developing an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ through the ministry of the Holy Spirit who is right now in you and made you alive and living out of that the rest of your life rather than living outside in, living inside out. Because greater is he that is in me that he that is in the world. How many times do we try to fight what's in the world? 
instead of backing up in our spirit and walking in the world in victory. Okay. Uh, it's biblical. The primary focus is a deepening experience with Jesus through the work of the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, being alive in the Holy Spirit, being enveloped, overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit, Him being Lord, speaking in tongues is a blessing of this experience, not the essence of the experience. What I mean that, if God's gifted that, see it as a blessing. God has given it to you. Uh, and let me just tell you this, God's probably given it to you for a tool to use to not only build you up, but to bless others. So let's just, being filled with the Spirit is the core issue. So the next thing I want to share is speaking in tongues is beneficial. There's two manifestations of speaking in tongues in Scripture. Two manifestations. One is praying in the Spirit, which is a private gifting. The other is a public gifting, the gift of tongues. Okay? Both of them, and if you don't see the difference of them, it can sound confusing and controversial, honestly. And the manifestations is a private prayer language and the public ministry of tongues. Without understanding them, uh, we can we can stay in trouble, basically. So let me talk about the private the private prayer language. I, and I really think this is probably more of a devotional, uh, a ministry of tongues that really edifies you. It builds you up. It is for your good. God gifted you with that because you need it. Okay? Uh, this is when speaking in tongues is used in one's private communication with God. There's no need for an interpreter since the believer is speaking to God, not to man. My spirit. And I'll show you some scriptures in just a moment. When a person prays in the spirit, he's communicating with God on a spiritual level, not an intellectual level. That's why I'm saying that's the one place my spirit can bypass my mind, my will, my emotions, though I may have all of that involved, I don't understand, but I'm going to receive, and I'm going to do what God's given me to do. All right? That's the private. So when a person prays in the Spirit, he's communicating with God on a spiritual level, not an intellectual and let me tell you, I think that was, and it took me years before I ever got to the place to where I actually believed that God had, the Holy Spirit had given me a tongue. It took me years. Why? Because my soul wouldn't allow it. Because I could, if I couldn't figure it out, it can't be true. And if I don't know what it's for, you know, people would say, well, just speak it. Well, how do you just speak it? I had all, and, and when you thought you did speak it, then it sounded so stupid that couldn't be true. <laughs> right? And so my head, now listen, my soul and my emotions, I would get angry because I thought, God, it shouldn't be this hard. And when in reality it's not, it's the hard head 
That's in the way. Okay? And all I'm telling you, I'm not making a big deal, and it sounds like I am. What I'm really wanting you to see is every gift is spiritual. And if we don't learn how to not use our, to go first to our head and our understanding, but to first go to the Spirit, then how could we walk in any of the gifts? This is the one gift, and I think God did us a deal. I think He gave it to us so that we couldn't figure it out. (laughs) And it is controversial. And I am not saying people are wrong who don't believe in it. I'm just saying it's theirs to believe. I'm going to believe what Scripture says. I was raised not to believe in it, but when I came, what parts of the Bible are you going to believe and what parts are you not going to believe? And so I had to make a decision. God, if this is really true, then you're going to have to show me. And he he took the time and and he did break through this thick skull. And uh, now, it is... Why would God give you a private prayer language? 1 Corinthians 14.2 For one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit he speaks mysteries. I love the message. Eugene Peterson says he speaks intimacies. When you speak... You're not speaking with your understanding. You're speaking with your intimacy. You're speaking intimacies. And I like that. I like. I want God to know I love Him. I want Him to understand. Holy Spirit, you, you have free reign. I want you to know my heart. I want it not only to be your home, but to your palace. I want every part of my life to be an expression of what you want done. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And here's one that you've heard before. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Uh, if in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we don't know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. When I don't know how to pray, don't know what to pray for, don't even know how to face that situation, I trust the Holy Spirit to pray with me in a way that I can communicate to God my heart, though I don't understand what I'm saying. Follow me? It's for your benefit. It literally says, he who prays in the Spirit edifies himself. You know what the word edify means? It means to build you up. To build you up. It's kind of like when, when you, 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 <clears throat> you need encouragement. There's times when you don't know how to pray for something. Does anybody ever have a problem knowing how to pray about something? When you don't know how to pray, don't know what to, you know, or you don't even know which way to go, what to do. Wouldn't it be comfortable for you if the Holy Spirit just says, okay, just get out of the way and let me do this. Let me pray. You just agree with me. Now here's kicker. Let me use your mouth. Well, wait a minute. It's okay for you to pray, but don't use my mouth. <laughs> that means I wouldn't be in control of what I'm saying. That means that 
I might do something that would embarrass me. It might, I might do something I don't understand. You understand what I'm saying? See, I want God to do whatever He wants to do as long as I'm in control. As long as I can handle it. As long as I can agree with it. Well, what if God wants to do something so wonderful for you that if you did anything with it, you'd get in the way? Does He have your permission? Can your will line up with His Spirit to say yes? That's when the spiritual gift is spiritual and not something you can manufacture. And let me tell you, I not only believe that about tongues, I believe it's about all the gifts. And I can tell you that a lot of people can can perform what they call their gift without the Spirit. Because God really did give them the gift. But how do you think God would want us to use the gift? By His Spirit. Because then he will get the glory and he will perform what he has sent forth that to do. All right. Praying in the Spirit is for the benefit of the speaker and it has little benefit for public ministry. I'm talking about the private. Okay? Uh, These these are going to be in your notes. I I don't want to spend all night. Through the aid of the Holy Spirit, I can pray and worship with an ability greater than my own and with a freedom beyond my limitations of understanding and vocabulary. That's a big sentence. When I, when I let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do with me, worship and prayer become something beyond me. The The Holy Spirit can pray and worship with an ability greater than my own, with a freedom beyond my limitations of understanding. Praise and prayer becomes transcendent. It goes beyond. Have you ever been, and I I, I said I wasn't going to talk about experiences, but I have. you ever been in a place where you're praying, maybe you're worshiping or something, and you literally get caught up to another level? You get to another level. It's like you're just not where you were. You don't know where you are, but you're not where you were. And that's what I'm talking about is get to let go. There's things that God can do that you never dreamed of. And you don't have to. Now, your soul, and let me tell you why I'm saying this. We have been so trained to be afraid of anything we're not in control of. We've been trained that way with the Word of God. We've been trained that way with our activity in the world. We've been trained. We've been literally educated and trained to do the best you can. And I want to tell you, your walk with God is going to be by trust and response. By trust and response. So I talked about the private. I want to talk about the public. The public ministry of speaking in tongues is the gift of tongues is always accompanied by its sister gift, the gift of interpretation. 1 Corinthians 14, 27 and 28. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by one or two. He's talking about in the assembly or in the church. One or two at a time, the most three, and each in turn, and one must interpret But if there's no interpreter, he must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. 
speaking in tongues with interpretation has the same edification value for the church as does the gift of prophecy. You want me to say that again? Mm-hmm. Speaking in tongues with interpretation in the church has the same edifying of the body as the gift of prophecy. It has the same stipulations. If you'll find later in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, it says, with the prophets, they're to speak in turn, one or two, and, if, if, and, and the others are to discern, and everything is to be judged. And so Paul is giving some guidelines, some biblical guidelines of how this is to be handled in a public atmosphere. Now, all of that to say, because there are some people says, well, if, if it shouldn't be done without an interpretation, it shouldn't be done. That's not what Paul is saying. He's saying, if there's not an interpretation, then just be quiet. Alright? Now something, now I say this, you realize it's just as spiritual to have the interpretation as it was to have the tongue. Both of them are spiritual gifts. And most of us have problems with both of them publicly. (laughs) Okay? When I say problems, it's not that we don't believe, but are we sure? How do you know? Okay? All I'm trying to say is, if we don't receive it as being biblical, then am I going to receive it as being spiritual? Do I have to understand it to think it's true? Well, then who's God? Me. I'm the one determining whether something is true or not. Now, that may work good in in the world, but it doesn't go very far with God. God doesn't have much competition. When he said, I am, it meant you're not. (laughs) Okay. Let me give you some biblical guidelines for prophetic utterances. Notice I said prophetic utterances, not just speaking in tongues. The key principle Paul outlines in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians is that everything be done in an orderly and appropriate way. Sensitivity to unbelievers who are present was important too. And he'll, that's 1 Corinthians 14 through 22 through 24. The public ministry of tongues is accompanied by the gift of interpretation, verse 13 and 27. Without an interpretation, the speaker is to cease to speak publicly. Does not mean, listen to me, it does not mean that the tongue was not God. It means it was not accompanied by an interpretation which was good for the edifying of the church. Okay? And also I discovered something. Four or five different ones can get the interpretation. And usually God will do something like that in order that it not just be one, but it be one tongue that becomes a corp. He kind of likes to use the body and the gifts of the body. <clears throat> but, the, you know, I find out that the, we like the gifts of healings. 
and the gifts of even the gift of prayer, the gift of intercession. We can just go through all the gifts. I, you know, gift of faith, gift of miracles. We like all of those. But, you know, the gift of tongues is kind of gets in the way of my pride. Now, hear me. You don't have to speak in tongues. You, if you, and here's what I'm going to really say to you. I got an idea. If you don't want to, God's not going to force you. Okay? But if God gifts that with you, I would advise you not to just cast it aside because God, God's only going to give good gifts. And they're going to be good for you. And they're going to be good for others. And if he's given that, after the reason I'm talking about tongues tonight, I'm going to keep saying it until you get it. Because until we learn how to handle spiritual things that we're uncomfortable with, life makes us think we can handle spiritual things that we think we're comfortable with. The primary thing is to walk by the Spirit. And let me tell you, you can fake it as much as you can walk in it genuinely. But let me tell you, God gets glory when you walk in it genuinely. He talks about doing it one at a time and only. And let me just tell you, the guidelines that's in 1 Corinthians 14 are only possible because believers have control over their manner of speaking. Let me just say this. People say, well, I just can't help it. I'm just going to speak. No. You have a choice. Your will, God's not going to bypass it. You have a choice of timing. You have a choice. But I'm not saying that God won't make it so you, you're going to have to, you feel like you're going to bust, you know, like, woe is me if I don't say it. I understand that. But the very thing that Paul says, there's guidelines. The very fact that there's guidelines means it's under control. It's under your choice. Okay? That doesn't mean that you don't or you do. I'm just saying, you have the authority. God's not taking you out your will. He's not taking you out. In other words, somebody says, well, I, when I get a pro- prophecy, I just have to say it. No, you don't. <laughs> According to Scripture, I'm not telling you, no, you don't because I'm pastor. I'm telling you, no, you don't because according to Scripture. And the thing is, is that the church be edified, not that you be glorified. Okay? Now, you may disagree with me and all of that. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying this to be agreeable. I'm saying it because I believe the clear teaching of Scripture is, here's what I believe. I believe the Holy Spirit gives the language. You give the mouth. It's a divine human cooperation. You speak. Okay? He doesn't... I don't believe the Holy Spirit will force you to speak in tongues. I don't think He's going to wake you. Now, He might. I mean, I ain't telling Him what He can or can't do. But I, I don't I don't think... Now, you might be dreaming that you're speaking in tongues and wake up speaking in tongues. Okay? So I'm not saying that. But I don't think He's going to force something on you that you're not at least hungry, thirsting for, and that you're not asking for. Okay? 1 Corinthians 14.32 says this in the New Living Translation. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can wait their turn. 
Speaking in tongues is a divine human corporation. The Holy Spirit provides the language. We provide the voice. So, like that is the interpretation of tongues. We have had tongues in our services. I've had a couple lately. And it's amazing to me. Now, here's the thing. We had the tongues. Same person gave the tongues. Same person gave the public test, public interpretation. But after the public interpretation, we had four more people that come up and said, I heard that too. But they didn't say it. God had shown them, but they didn't give their voice to it. So the gift was there. Why wouldn't we speak up? Anybody know? Fear. (laughs) Fear? Soul? Flesh? What if I'm wrong? And here's the other thing. One can get the interpretation of the tongue in a word. Another can get the interpretation of the tongue in a picture. Another can get it in a, in a song. We think that, well, it's got to be a certain way because we, we want to control it. Now, here's the whole thing. I'm, I'm not trying to get more tongues in our services, okay? I'd love more miracles. More, you know, why? It's the same Holy Spirit. And he's wanting to edify the body. If God worked a miracle, everybody would say, look what God did. And when God gives a public tongue, they say, what was that? (laughs) (laughs) Am I telling the truth? Because we don't have a physical, mental understanding or a framework to put it in. What makes us think that we have a physical, mental framework to put the others in? Follow me? So I'm talking about spiritual gifts. I'm not just talking about tongues, but the one or two spiritual gifts that our mind and our will and our emotions, our soul has, and sometimes you do have a choice and you have to give your mouth. You do have to speak. And it is so frustrating when they say, don't say it in English. Because it's not words that's going to come to mind. It's something that's going to come to lip. <laughs> okay? Mine, and the only reason I'm going to tell this is because I had such difficulty. Mine came with a syllable. That's all. I said, well, that's stupid. (laughs) How can that be? Because that can't be God because it's just one syllable. But every time I would pray and would ask the Holy Spirit, I'd have the same syllable. And it wasn't until I started started choosing to say the syllable that God expanded it. He wanted me to have the faith to say what he was saying. Not I had to know what it would mean. And I had to know what it was. So all of that. My prayer language, my praying in the spirit, the spirit, the gift that that I I don't do it all the time. Here's the thing. I can do it whenever I feel the spirit moving that way. And a lot of times I use spiritual prayer language when I don't know how to pray something that's coming around. I don't know. I mean, I've prayed everything I knew in my mind to pray, 
Or, I don't know how to worship Him. Have you ever been flat worshiped? You just, well, I can sing the songs, but there's just something missing. And it's when I get out and I... Now, I'm going to use this term. It's when I back out of the way of trying to come to an understanding why this is happening to me. Why am I not? You know, you know how your mind goes on 90 miles an hour of what could be wrong? Why don't I just back up in the Spirit and say, Lord, you live in me and there's nothing wrong here. You've forgiven all of my sins. My sins and all of my distresses are in your hands. I'm just going to back up in here and just rest in you. And I want to worship you. And right now, I don't know how to worship you. So Holy Spirit, you know how to worship the Father. Would you worship Him through me? I yield my voice to you. And let me tell you, sometimes what happens is, sometimes what happens is nothing. Because you don't force it. So sometimes what happens is, it may start off slow, it may start, but it's amazing. Suddenly, everything changes. And all those things that I was fearing and looking at and wondering why and all that, when I see Him, none of that matters. None of that matters. Okay. Let me give you some things. Here's some things that Paul also said in first chapter 14. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. Verse 39. Don't forbid speaking in tongues, but I, I desire earnestly that you prophesy. Verse 18 says, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. The Apostle Paul spoke in tongues. Now, there's all different kinds of ways people interpret that. But let's just say what he was dealing with. He knew what he was dealing with, and he said, I speak in tongues more than you are. Uh, And then here's one in verse 5. He said, I wish you all spoke in tongues. And I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. So, if you desire... Here's what I hope you desire. I hope you desire to walk by the Spirit. That's what I hope. I hope you, you desire to walk in response to a God who loves you more than you can imagine. Who loves you so much, He paid the price. He did everything necessary for you to have the fullness of His presence. And then He comes to be that in you. Why would I settle for anything less than the fullness of His expression? Why, why would I say, well, I'll, I'll take that, but I won't take that? And so, what I'm saying is, if I desire Him, then I've learned something after 46 years of marriage. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when Connie gives me a gift, I receive it. I don't tell her, what did you give me that for? <laughs> or I would want something different. Because I know her love for me and I know my love for her. If Connie gives me a gift, I know where it's coming from. If God gives you a gift and everybody's got one, at least one, you may have multiples. When God gives you a gift, know where it's coming from. It's coming from Him. 
who loves you, who has the best in store for you, has it already figured out, and he's already called what the end's going to be, and he's involving you in it. Receive it. And then, don't figure it out. Back up in your spirit and let him lead you. Now, where he's going to lead you, now here's where your soul comes in. He's going to give you thoughts that you can go search out in Scripture. He's going to give you direction. He may give you words of prophecy from somebody else. He may give you a teacher that can sit down with you and walk with you and show you. And you have that identification in your spirit that this is God. And then you've involved the soul and you involve the body. But the whole point is you start out with your spirit. God created you, birthed you again, that you would live by his spirit through your mind, will, and emotions, and through your body, manifesting his goodness in this world. You become a living testimony. Next week, next Wednesday, we're going to talk about witnessing by the spirit. How do we become that witness of the spirit? And uh, and so... We're all going to learn to write our own story. Here's the thing. When the Spirit leads you to witness, you know what the first thing your soul says? What am I going to say? Right? Am I right? The Lord's leading me. He's giving so-and-so in my mind. Just every time I turn around, I'm seeing them. And and I know He's wanting me to witness to them. But what do I say? So next week, we're going to talk about walking by the Spirit and discovering our story. So that when the Spirit leads me to say something, I know what to say. Alright? Alright, I got three minutes. <laughs> Anybody got a question or comment? If you feel the in public, if you feel the tongues coming on, but you have no idea if there's an interpreter. You you don't. You don't know. So do you just be quiet or no? You do what God's telling you to do. But here's the thing. Especially the way we do services, you know when's an opportune time. Yeah, right, okay. You're still in control of that. Right. Or, if you know that that's coming on, you can step up to me and say, I don't know what, I don't even know if there's interpretation, but I think God's giving me something in time. Okay. Okay, then I have the the responsibility to say yes or no or not timing or yes timing. You understand what I'm saying? But just to blurt it out and say and interrupt, you know, that's you you've got control of that. Of when that is. Alright? And if you have one and you didn't share it, come up afterward. And say, I had this, but I didn't share it because because here's the thing, this is called activation. The whole thing is don't just quench what the Spirit might be doing and teaching you. But at the same time, be aware of what's happening. Uh, I don't know anybody who gives a tongue that knows. Well, there is in that same chapter, he says, pray that you might interpret too. (laughs) You know, so, you know, unless God gives you the interpretation. So you can do both. Well, if God gives you that ability, yes. But let me just say this. I, I really believe, and here's the thing I thank God for. Every time that we've had a public tongue, we've had multiple interpretations, not just one. Now, not all of them were vocalized, 
but they would come and say, I, I'm, I had one come immediately after the last one we had and say, I could have heard the same thing. I, I'm sitting there thinking, why didn't you say it? Well, they said it. <laughs> By the mouth of two or three witnesses, something is confirmed. Isn't it just like God to give it to more than one? Here's the other thing. We had a time one time. Well, and it wasn't public. A person was praying over another person, and they were praying in tongues. And a lady came to me later and says, wasn't that a beautiful prayer she prayed? I said, she was praying in tongues. No, she wasn't. She was praying in English. All I heard was tongues. Everybody else around heard tongues, but that one person. I said, what was she praying? She began to tell me, and it was beautiful. It truly was beautiful. I've just been reading a book called T4T, and in it, there was this uh, these guys. This guy goes into, which is illegal, goes into a country. They're training up disciples for Christ, and he goes into this country and he's sharing, he's sharing and doing the teaching and training of leaders. And he leaves because it's illegal for him to be there. They train up other people, and they've got it going and got it going. And he comes back a year later. I believe it's a year. I may be telling a little wrong, but it's okay. Y'all hadn't read the book. <laughs> so uh, he comes back later and goes to talk to the same group of leaders, and he goes to talk to them, and they're speaking a different language. And he's speaking a different language. They finally get an interpreter and say, well, how come last time y'all were speaking? And they say, you were speaking in our dialect. And he was hearing them in his dialect. But when he comes back, he can't understand them and they can't understand him. Why? Because God, the Holy Spirit, wanted them to be trained. He provided the trainer and he provided them in their own language. Now, it's just as much time as if somebody did it in the worship service. All I'm trying to say is it's the Holy Spirit's business. Our business is to respond to Him. So, I want you to, I'm going to say it one more time. I'm not just talking about tongues. I'm talking about (coughs) spiritual gifts are spiritual. And so if I'm going to walk by the Spirit in a spiritual gift, I've got to back up and receive it from the Spirit to go through my mind, will, and emotion, through my body for the expression of what God wants to manifest it for. Follow me? I use tongues because it's the one you don't know what it is. It's got to be spiritual. If it's not spiritual, it's fake. I believe God can do what he wants to do. And sometimes I think God will surprise you with things that you think you've got control of. And I don't mean he'll make you do something. I'm just meaning sometimes he'll surprise you. Somebody will come. Have you ever had somebody come up and say something that you were just thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You think, hmm, where'd that come from? It might be God was saying that to you and he wanted to confirm it by somebody else saying it to you. Okay? All I'm trying to say is God's at work. Let's learn to walk by the Spirit. Thanks for listening and join us next week for more Walking by the Spirit with Pastor Daryl Feenstern.